0: Matthew chapter 7 verse 13. I want you to turn over there. Matthew chapter 7 verse 13. Have you ever been somewhere before and maybe it was at work, maybe it was in the store, I don't know, and you just you saw somebody and you noticed and you thought, I wonder if that person's a Christian? You know, I, I think that person is probably Christian. Maybe, maybe you noticed something. Maybe it was, maybe it was something they were saying. Maybe it was how they looked. Whatever it was, you thought I think that person might be Christian. You know, you, you, we've all been there before. Have you ever done? You ever looked at somebody maybe how they're dressed and you try to maybe pick out their religion? All oh, but they're Pentecostal or all you know, or you know the Amish. They're you know they're they're easy to spot. You know, have you ever done that before? You try. I, I don't know. Maybe we're the only ones that do that. Uh, that person there of the. Uh, gothic religion uh you know they're easy to spot too uh or, you know, i guess it's I, if you want to call that a religion or whatever but uh you know we all do that all right uh maybe i'm the only one maybe i'm weird Have you ever just sat there in a mall or something and you, know, you sit on the bench because you know women they can shop a lot longer than men can you're just sitting there on the bench and I, i've done this a couple times before and people come walking by and you say what you think they're actually saying in their conversation or what they're thinking. Anybody ever do that? Or is that just me? Uh, I have a lot of fun doing that. You know? And uh, it, you're putting words in people's mouth. And uh, it, and I don't know. I, whatever I'm saying too, it's funny. People usually they'll hear it they think it's pr- pretty funny because it looks like that's probably what they're saying and what they're thinking. And of course, I like to exaggerate a little bit. I used to film you know, the basketball and volleyball games from the Christian school there. And sometimes I would put the camera on the crowd and I would put words in their mouth, and everybody always loved it when I did that. So what that person was probably thinking. And uh, but you know we do we you know, you watch people sometimes and you, you, you just try to figure things out about them. you know uh, I know you're not supposed to stereotype, but uh, you know we do we stereotype and it uh, we try to we try to peg people. Well, Today I want to talk about how to spot a true believer, how to spot. A true believer. Go to Matthew chapter seven, verse thirteen. It says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Do you know most people, if you if you were just go out in public at any time, most people that are that you see out there, one thing you can say about them and be right most of the time is that they're on their way to hell. Why? Because broad is the way that leads to destruction. But straight is the gay and narrow is the way that leads to life. The Bible says there's this few to be that find it. And you know what? I like, you know, those people that the, I believe I'm a part of that few. I believe I'm on my way to heaven. I believe that I'm saved. I believe uh, I believe you're saved today. And you know what? You all are my people. And you know what? There's a lot more of my people out there. And I like, I don't know, I like looking for them. I like trying to spot them. I want them to I want them to know who I am. I want them to be able to spot me. I want the I want the lost to be to know who I am, and what I am. Well, let's go on and keep reading. We know most people are on their way to hell, and the Bible says in verse fifteen, it says, "Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves." That's why many people they're on that broad path. Hey, they're they're on that broad. Path. They think they're going to heaven. They think they're okay. They think they're fine. Why do they think that? Because there's a lot of false prophets out there. Spreading lies, saying that you have to, it's by works to get to heaven. There's people out there saying that there is no hell. Those are false prophets teaching people lies. And people are believing those lies. And the Bible says inwardly, they are ravening wolves. And then verse 16, it says, ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works, and then while I profess unto them, I never knew you depart from me, ye that work in iniquity." Notice here that not everybody that says that they're a Christian or says they're saved is saved. And really what I want to preach this for today is not so you can go out today and like spot the true believers. but really so what I want you to do with this is take it and then look in the mirror and make sure, hey, is that a true believer that I'm looking at? Are you a true believer? Because the Bible tells us how we can know if we're saved. And not only how we can know we're saved, but how we we can kind of know if somebody else is saved. Now, I understand nobody can know for sure if somebody else is saved. Because people, they can deceive. People can be tricky. You can even deceive yourself. But there are some fruits, I believe, in the long term, we can figure it out. And the Bible tells us how. And the first thing that we see, one of the first... Things that we know how to spot a true believer is watch for those who are keeping his commandments. Matthew chapter seven verse thirteen we just read says, "Straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. Few there be that find it." Okay, there's not as many saved people as there are lost people out there. And the Bible tells us in John chapter fourteen verse fifteen it says, "If ye love me, keep my commandments." And then verse 21 says, He that hath My commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth Me, and he that loveth Me shall be loved of My Father, and I will love him, and will manifest Myself to him. The Bible says, if you love Me, keep My commandments. not everybody that says, I love the Lord, loves the Lord. Not everybody that says that. Listen, we in America, most people I guess, I, think, I don't know if it's still the majority, call themselves Christian. But are most people in America saved today? Absolutely not. There's zero evidence of that. As you know, in other countries, in the Muslim countries, they look at all of America as being Christian. They think everybody over here, just like we think everybody over there is Muslim, they think everybody over here is Christian. And is that even close to true? Absolutely not. But boy, there sure are a lot of people saying they're Christian. I'll hear them talk about these percentages sometimes and I'm thinking, where are those people? Because I can't find them. I mean do you ever sometimes just feel completely alone as a Christian maybe in the workplace you're just like good night am I the only person in this place that doesn't use profanity am I the only person in this place that's not gonna go get drunk tonight am I the only person in this place that goes to church have you ever felt that way before maybe in school you feel that way maybe in the workplace maybe in your neighborhood. Maybe everybody that lives on both sides of you and across the street from you, they're all sleeping in today. They're not in the house of God today. Sometimes you do. You feel alone. And you know what? It's natural to kind of look for those believers. And the Bible says the ones that are are those that keep His commandments. I mean, a lot of people, how dare you judge all those co workers? Just because they're using profanity does not mean they're lost and doesn't mean they're going to hell. Okay. The Bible says. If you love him, you keep his commandments. And I just, to me, somebody who loves God is not going to be blaspheming his name. Isn't one of the Ten Commandments, "Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain"? How can people love him and blaspheme him at the same time? But yet, many people who say they are saved do those very things. Go over to First John chapter five, verse one and five, one through five. Bible says, "...whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth Him that begat loveth Him also that is begotten of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith." Who is He that overcometh the world? But He that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Now listen, I don't want anybody to make any mistakes here. You do not get saved by works. Alright, let's just make that clear. We are not saved by our works. That is crystal clear in the Bible. But, here we see in the Bible that those who are saved, those who love God, keep His commandments. And Bible tells us that's one of the ways that we know that we love Him because we keep His commandments. That's the way we know someone else loves Him because they keep His commandments. And it, says, it says His commandments are not grievous. Yet there's many people out there who say they love the Lord, but they sure don't like the commandments. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm saved, but yeah, I don't go to church. I don't like church. Yeah, I'm saved, but yeah, I I commit adultery. I commit fornication. I, you know, I I you know curse and swear. I do all those things. Bible, I don't know, that doesn't line up with Scripture to me. And you know what? Listen, I'm not trying to tell you all this so we can go judging everybody else, but I want you to ask yourself the question, how do I feel about the commandments of God? Do you hate, do you hate the commandments of God? Or are you trying to get away with you know breaking as many of them as you can? Bible says we know we love Him if we keep His commandments. Do you get, you know, it's amazing how many preachers today are scared to death to preach against sin. Even though they've got scriptures that can still say thou shalt not, they're scared to death to preach about it. Why? Because people in the congregation are going to get mad at them. Why? What's grievous about that? What's grievous about thou shalt not steal? What's grievous about thou shalt not kill? What's so tough about that? If you love God, wouldn't you want to follow His commandments? Isn't this what God has commanded us to do? Isn't this something that would please God? Why would we have a problem with that? I believe it's because many people, like the Bible said, who they said, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in Thy name? They thought they were saved. They claimed to be saved. We prophesied in Your name. These guys were preaching. They were doing works in the name of Jesus Christ, but Jesus said, depart from Me. I never knew you. Just because somebody says they're saved, just because somebody says they're a Christian, it doesn't mean that they are. That's why some of the most rotten people that you will ever know, some of the most rotten people that you'll work with, some of your most rotten neighbors are the ones that are most vocal about their Christianity. I don't know if anybody's ever experienced that before. But I mean, some of the biggest ding-dongs I've ever worked with are very vocal about their Christianity. And I'm like... Let me tell you something. If you're a Christian, will you please keep it under your hat? Because <laughs> you're making all of us—you're making us look bad. And you know the truth is they're not. They say they are, but just somebody saying they're a Christian does not make them a Christian. Bible says, we know that we love him if we keep his commandments. It's all over. there's many other scriptures we don't have time to go to. Bible, you know, we need to check the fruit. God said there in Matthew, He said, "By their fruits, ye shall know them." By their fruits. The fruits reveal the truth about them. If the fruit is only evil, if they're only doing bad, if they're only doing harm to the cause of Christ, that's that. you know that fruit didn't come from Christ. That's not the fruit of the Spirit. That has nothing to do with it. What kind of fruit are you producing in your life? Are you the kind that causes more tr- trouble? Or are you bringing more greed to the world? Are you being the salt of the earth? Are you making things? Are you making the world a better place? Are you being a light to this world? Which one is it? Watch for those who are keeping his commandments. And listen, once again, we don't keep the commandments to get saved. We don't keep the commandments to stay saved. Okay? You can't if you're saved, you can't lose your salvation. But we keep the commandments because we are saved. Hey, I'm saved. This is what I do. I mean, it should be natural, just like eating. Okay, why do we eat? That's what people do. So that's just that's part of our nature. It's what we do to survive, and you know what? We enjoy it too, don't we? We don't mind. I, I, I'm looking forward to eating. I'm getting hungry right now. All I ate this morning was a Rice Krispie treat. I should have ate too. <laughs> and I'm, I'm ready for lunch. You know, and it's it's normal. It's natural. I want to I want to do that because. I'm a human being. I'm alive. Okay, I won't worry about eating anymore when I'm dead. Okay, it's not, going to, it's, not, it's not going to matter. And you know what? A person who's dead in their sin, why would they be interested in keeping commandments of God? Why would they be interested in following His Word? They have no spiritual life in them. But a person who has that spiritual life, they're going to do these things. It's, just a, it's a part of that new nature. The Bible says, if, if any man be in Christ... Why did he say if? Okay, Because it was going to be confusing because a lot of people say they're in Christ. A lot of people do. And the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And once again, people don't like hearing this because let's, be, let's just be honest. We want to think everybody's saved, don't we? I mean, your, your family members, your loved ones, yeah, even you know we want to think that about our neighbors and coworkers and things. Why do we want to think they're saved? Because then we don't have to witness to them, <laughs> and we're scared to do that. And so we do, we just want to think everybody's saved. Hey, you know, you go talk to somebody. Hey, you know, have you ever trusted Christ Savior? Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I go to church. Great. All right. You yeah, know, we'll see you in heaven. <laughs> hey, that doesn't that doesn't do it, does it? But we do. It's like we want to tell ourselves everybody's saved when there's zero evidence of it, and the Bible tells us. They're going to keep His commandments. And listen, dads, we we want others to be able to spot us. We need to be following commandments of God. We shouldn't be ashamed for somebody to see us coming to church. You shouldn't have to have an extra vehicle that you keep hidden somewhere. That's your church driving vehicle because you don't want anybody to recognize your car in the parking lot here at the church. You know, Hopefully, you're not putting on a disguise when you come to church. and you, you, know, you go in stealth mode. I think that's why a lot of churches do those real early morning services. I used to think it was so people could have all the rest of their day to do stuff. But I think it's because... They want to go before anybody sees them and get out. Of, I don't know. I might, maybe I'm exaggerating. But hopefully, you're not trying to keep it a secret. Hopefully, you're not trying to hide your candle under a bushel, but you're going to let your light shine. And we can do that by keeping His commandments, by loving your enemies. You know, and really, one of the best ways to let your light shine is just by not doing certain things. I can't tell you how many times I've been spotted. By lost people, just because I didn't use profanity. I mean, it's amazing how, that, how, how just not using profanity, that's given me opportunities to tell people about my faith. Just by something I don't do. And we've got to make, and some people too, I think they, they use it because they're trying to cover up. They, they don't want people to spot them. Just like Peter, remember Peter? They kept telling him, No, you were one of his disciples. Your speech. They mentioned his speech. And you know what? When they brought up his speech, you know what he did? He began to curse. Why did he do that? A Christian follower of Christ wouldn't curse like that. He began to curse. And you know what? After he cursed, they left him alone. If you don't want to be spotted, if you don't want people to think you're a Christian, use some profanity. It works. But you know what Peter did after that? He went out and he wept bitterly. You know why? Because he was a Christian. He was he had no he had no business doing that and he was convicted he felt that he felt guilty and rightfully so just because someone says they're a Christian doesn't mean they are Also another thing too we were talking about this this morning if you are in Christ then you're part of the family of God correct if you're saved then we're, we're, then we're brothers and sisters in Christ right now what's now just imagine if somebody came to you, they came knocking on your door and they said, Hey, I am your brother or sister. And you didn't know you had, had him as your brother or sister. What's one of the first things that you're going to do if somebody says, I am your brother or sister? What are you going to do? You're going to start looking for similarities, aren't you? You're, you're going to be you're going to be looking at all right. You know, you know, you're probably going to be not first, before the first things you're going to do, you're going to you're going to look at them and see if there's any resemblance to you, any resembl- any family resemblance. You're going to look for that. You're going to look for similarities. And the truth is, if we are followers of Christ, okay, if we're really saved, there's going to be some similarities. Not physically speaking, how we physically look, but there's just going to be things that we have in common. That's why. No matter where I've ever gone, traveled to, but whenever I, I, whenever we go on vacation or anywhere, we always, if we're gone on a Sunday or Wednesday, we always go and visit a church. And you know what? We never have trouble getting along with those people. You know why? We have something very close in common. And you know what? It's the family that we're in. We're a part of the family of God. I mean, we go there, we go to these places, and it's very similar to what goes on here. They're preaching the same things. They're using the same books, singing a lot of the same songs. Why? We believe in the same things. We love the same things. You can even go to other parts of the world and you're going to still find some of those similarities. Why? Because we're a part of the same family. There just can't You can't help but have similarities. But let me tell you, there's people out there that don't even resemble anything that the Bible talks about. They don't even resemble anything that remotely resembles Christ. And I'm telling you right now, that ought to be a giveaway. If that person came to you and said, Hey, I'm your brother and they had completely different color skin as you, I think you got the wrong guy. <laughs> I think I don't think I don't think this is me. You're you're gonna you're gonna look at those things. There's no similarities, and there's people out there who say that they're Christians, but yet there's absolutely we have nothing in common. They're not keeping the commandments of God. They hate the commandments of God. They don't. They don't. They don't go to church. They're not. They're not interested in the things of God. They don't. They don't want to talk about the Bible. They don't follow His commandments. There's something wrong. That ought to be a clue that you know what. I, I don't really think this is it. I don't think this is. I don't think they're a part of this family. But also, you watch for those who are keeping His commandments. But watch for those that are spending time with God's people. First John chapter three, verse thirteen. First John, if you go to the end of that end of the book of First John, it says, "These things have I written unto you that believe." It's talking about Christians. It says, "I've written these things unto you that ye may know that ye have eternal life." There's all these things that are here in First John. They're things that help us so we can know that we're saved, so we know that it's really us, and notice that we're the real thing. 1 John chapter three, verse thirteen says, "Marvel not, my brethren." If the world hates you. Have you ever wondered why you just don't seem to fit in with the world? Bible says, don't marvel if the world, if, you know, don't be shocked, don't be surprised. Verse 14, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Okay, so here we see that the world doesn't like us, and the Bible says, "Don't marvel because of that." And then it tells us the way that we know that we've passed from death into life. The way that we know that we were saved is because we love the brethren. Okay? And you know what? I wonder about people that when you invite them to church, they just talk about how much they hate church and how much they hate Christians, and it's like, wait a minute. The Bible says that we're going to love the brethren. Now, listen. I've been in church long enough to know that you know there is plenty of things with God's people and people in the church that you can pick to not like. Okay, I mean, we I I, I'll talk about my old church. Right, I don't want to talk about y'all here today, but my old church there. You know, there were some people, some that were kind of annoying, some that had some extra issues that they probably shouldn't have had, some that you know just. Get on your nerves a little bit. But you know what? One thing I can say about people from my old church, this church, you still love them. It, just like in your family, okay? How many of you had a brother or sister that you didn't always get along with real well? Okay? Alright, <laughs> I mean I had four sisters. I didn't have a chance, okay? I, it was gonna be there was gonna be conflict and a struggle in my family. But let me tell you something. I can't remember it while there was many times. I wanted to beat up my sisters. I can't ever think of a time that I hated them. I can't ever think of a time I didn't love them. While there were times I wanted to get away from them for a little bit, I can't ever think of a time when I never wanted to see them again. And the same thing is true with God's people. Yeah, we've got some issues. Yeah, there's going to be some things. We might annoy each other. We might get mad at each other every once in a while. But you know what? We are going to love each other. The Bible says we're going to. We are a part of the same family. Oh, you don't understand these people in the church, what I have to deal with and what kind of jerks they all are. And they'll start talking about all their problems. Like, wait a minute. First John 3.16 Hereby perceive we the love of God because He laid down His life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. What this verse is saying is, as Christians, we understand that Jesus Christ loved us while we were yet sinners, Correct? Jesus Christ loved us when we didn't deserve to be loved. That He saved us by grace. An unmerited favor. We understand that we undeservingly get the love of God. And He's asked us to complete that love, to fulfill His love, to perfect His love by loving one another. For us, if, if you're saved, that should make complete sense and we ought to be able to show that kind of love for other people. God didn't ask us to. Show, he didn't ask us to do something that He didn't show us how to do first. We know how to love the unlovable. Why? Because it's been done to us. We were the unlovable, and God loved us. We. He showed us how to do it. He did it for us firsthand. We ought to be able to do it for other people. And if you can't do that, if you can't seem to love God's people, you might want to. You might want to check your. Salvation out. Because that's, that's just what the Bible says. And you know what? Though You spend time with the people that you love, don't you? You spend time with the people that you love. What if you'd known a family for years and years and you met somebody and they told you that you were a part of that family and you never heard of them? It's like, wait a minute, you know, you're from that family? I used, I used to go to their house all the time. I never saw you there. They never mentioned you one time. Are you sure you're a part of that family? You would wonder, wouldn't you? And you know, it's amazing how many people say they're a part of the family of God, but you can't find them anywhere near God's people. They're never in the house of God. They have no interest in being in the house of God. And it just makes you scratch your head a little bit. You just have to wonder. You're going to spend time with those that you care about. You're going to spend time with those that you love you're gonna to want to be where they're at and I'm telling you right I mean I I enjoy the people of God I, I love coming to church I love being around God's people sometimes almost as much or more than relatives <laughs> not talking about my wife and kids but I mean really I, I think I enjoy, I enjoy I, mean, I'm, I record these messages hopefully nobody's listening online but you know uh, hey I'm telling you, I think I enjoy church more than most family reunions <laughs> and family get-togethers. Well, I don't. I just. I just do. I like being around the people of God. Hey, go to church. You know, family. Hey, my wife "Hey, it's family union scheduled." Oh. <laughs> you know what? I automatically do. I'm trying to think of how I can get out of it. <laughs> and you know, and the truth is, I'm that way more with her side of the family than I am with my side of the family. Why? Because you know. It, we got that biological connection, okay? Where, and it's the same thing with church. We do. We've got a real spiritual connection. The other connection, that's just by family. You know, that's by marriage, that, you know? But, you, know, you you still care about them, too. But, you know what I'm saying? I think you've all probably felt that way a few times. But you do. You want to be around God's people. And, when somebody tells me that they're a Christian, you know, I always like to ask people, "Hey, where do you go to church?" I, I do that all the time when I'm out knocking doors in town. I invite people to church. I ask, "Hey, do you have a church home that you attend right now?" Oh, yeah, I go. I go to such and such a church. And you know, I've I've been around here a little, you know, long enough now. I'm starting to get to know people from some of these churches. I've gotten to know some of the pastors. And oh, hey, so you know, Pastor So and So, they don't even know who he is. ain't you know I realize yeah they they don't go to that church that much. <laughs> you don't know it that well, oh yeah, you know so and so 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 goes to that church, yeah, I don't know them well really I mean you you know we're not talking about you know big churches with thousands of people you know we're we're talking to a smaller congregation and you don't even know them. that's why it's good to get to know your brothers and sisters in Christ get to know them and yeah they don't know any of them, and usually too you' know, they'll like well yeah, I guess I haven't been there in a while. So, yeah, he's only been pastoring there for ten years. <laughs> it's, it's been a long time. My uncle, when he started pastoring the church he's at now, he was there for about six months or so. And he went and knocked at the door and, and asked, Phil if he go to the church anywhere?" He's like, "Yeah, I, I go to Victory Baptist Church." Really? How's the church he pastored? <laughs> and he's like, like, he, he like, really? He's like, he's like, uh, you know, what's the name of the pastor there? You know, he's like, uh, and you know, he got, got talking with him, and he was just like, well, you know, I'm actually the pastor of Victory Baptist. Oh, he's like, I guess it's been a while since I've been there, <laughs> and you know, and that's how it is with a lot of people. And but yet they'll they'll say, and you know, there's people out there already. We've only been here for three years, but there's there's people out there that claim this is their church that have literally been here two or three times. That you know maybe have been here in a couple of years, but if somebody else was to asked them where they go to church, they're gonna say, yeah, I go to Liberty Baptist Church, and it's like. You know. You know, you it's like be careful who you tell that for some people. And you know, you know be careful. But um they're saved person, they're gonna hang around God's people. And also, this is another thing too, watch for those and once again, I'm telling the Bible tells us how we can spot the believers, but I mainly want you doing this for yourself. Watch for those that God deals with when they do wrong. If you go to Hebrews chapter twelve, verse six, it says, For whom the Lord loveth he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? The Bible says that's how we can know because that we're in the family of God because He chastens us. You know, I knew who my dad was growing up because he chastened me many times. Other dads didn't do it. My dad chastened me. I was reminded often of who my dad was, and God deals with His children. Have you ever have you ever been somewhere before or been there before where maybe you saw a child do something and you knew their parents? I remember when I was when I was a kid, there were these there were these three boys, and they were just they were tears, and their dad boy he'd beat the fire out of those kids. And you know, I wasn't all you know I'm not perfect. I kind of enjoyed it sometimes. It was kind of funny watching him get in trouble. I mean, he would just, he beat the tar out of these boys, and they, you know, they'd get over it and be back to being bad five seconds later. It was pretty funny. And I remember every once in a while I'd see them do things, and when I would see him, I'd be like, Because oh. <laughs> I noticed their dad was watching. And I knew he's gonna, and, and he would. He'd, he'd take them, and he'd beat the fire out of them many times. <laughs> Shame to say, I helped point out what they were doing just so I could watch the show, and uh, that's terrible. That's terrible. Uh, I might might even instigated a couple, a couple things, but uh, those are stories for another time. Said I'm not perfect, folks, (laughs) and I don't do those things anymore. But when I when I was younger, uh, before I got right with God, uh, I enjoyed that a little too much, and uh, maybe that's why the Lord gave me kids that, you know, sometimes they. uh, cause a little bit of trouble. <laughs> but uh, getting get my payback. But you saw that but you know then there was other parents when their kids would you know would do something, they wouldn't hardly do anything. You would kind of see, you know, some parents they'd go you know they'd be all over their kids, some parents do absolutely nothing. And our Heavenly Father, he deals with his children. When they do wrong. That's just what he does. And when you see and I remember when I was a kid with my own sisters, sometimes I would see them do something. I would see that my parents saw it. And I'd oh, they're in big trouble. I sometimes just in church, I would see one of my sisters acting up, and I'd see my dad up on the platform just get a look in his face. And I would see that look, oh, they are in trouble when we get home. How did I know that? Why? Because I knew my father. I knew how he felt about that. And I knew how He dealt with it because I had experienced it plenty of times in my own life. And let me tell you, there's people out there that are living all kinds of wickedness who say they're Christians. And I'm here today to tell you that, wait a minute, I know my Heavenly Father and He's not going to let them get away with that. He deals with me when I I try doing that kind of thing. I can't get away with that. Why would He allow them to get away with it? And the truth is, He won't allow them to get away with it if they're His children. The father deals with his children maybe if he doesn't deal with them is because they're not his children. I can't tell you how many times when I was growing up I remember me and my friends doing something that we weren't supposed to do and my dad seeing it and my dad coming and getting all over me giving me a spanking and doing nothing to him. Doing nothing to my friend. How is that fair? That was totally fair. That wasn't his kid. That wasn't his responsibility. And you know, people say this all the time, we're all God's children. No, that's not true. That's not biblical. You can't find that in the Bible. We're all His creation, but we're not all His children. There's children of the devil. There's those that are lost, and God does not deal with them. And the Bible says that's one of the ways that we know that we're His. I never felt like an orphan growing up. You know why? I was getting... Punished too many times. That was one of my reminders that I had parents. My mom and my dad. I think my mom actually probably spanked harder than my dad did because my mom was really small and so she always felt like she wasn't going to hurt me enough. Where, you know, my dad who was bigger, always felt like he might hurt me too much. And so, you know, my dad only gave half effort where my mom gave it all she had. And uh, it, it wasn't pleasant sometimes. The other day, I was at my mom and dad's house and I saw this yellow brush there. And I saw that brush. And I was like, "They still have that? I recognize that yellow brush. My mom used to spank me with that brush, and it hurt. <laughs> that that brush hurt. She still. Had, I can't believe it wasn't broken. I, I did not know they still had that. I, I, I went and asked. I said, "Is that the same brush you had when we were kids?" And I did. I almost got scared when I saw that brush. I'm like, "Well, <laughs> I'm scared of it because it hurt." And my parents they dealt, they dealt with me. And you know what? Job 5.17 says, Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Therefore, despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. Happy is the man. Okay? Nobody's happy at the moment they're being chastened, but they're happy later because of the results of it. While I never enjoyed being chastened by my parents, I enjoyed it later when I saw the results of people who were not chastened. And how their lives turned. I, I, I was, I was glad. I'm, I'm thrilled. My parents did it. Now didn't enjoy it back then. My parents used to tell me that too, and I didn't believe them. And you know, you always hate it when your parents were right, but uh, uh, they were, they were, they were right. But they're chastening, it's going to be there. Proverbs three eleven. My son despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth. Even as the Father, the Son, in whom he delighteth, that's in the Old Testament, it's in the New Testament, God deals with his children. He doesn't deal with those who aren't his children. Um, and then also watch to see if they understand the spiritual. First John chapter 4, verse 1 through 5 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into this world, and then goes, I encourage you to go and read through that. We don't have time to go through it, but let me tell you, those of us who are saved, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. It's the same Spirit. If you're saved, the same Spirit that dwells in me dwells in you. It dwells in every saved person in this world. And you know what? There are times when you there's there's preaching that you're going to hear that it just it doesn't set well with you. That you just you know, man, there's something wrong with this. Why? Because that Holy Spirit that lives inside you, it, it reveals things to you. It, the Holy Spirit, it's what He helps you understand God's Word. Maybe the reason some people just can't seem to figure out the Bible, the reason they just can't seem to get any of this, maybe they don't have the Holy Spirit inside them. The Holy Spirit is he gives us understanding. He reveals things to us. If you're lost, the Holy Spirit, really the only thing He can help you with is to realize that you're a sinner and that you need to call on Christ for salvation. But as far as anything after salvation, you've got to have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And if you haven't got that, there's a lot of things you're not going to get. I just don't get, I don't get why they've got to teach that stuff in that church. I don't get why they do this. I don't get why they do that. Maybe it's because there's something missing inside. Maybe that's why. The Bible talks about how the natural man receiveth not the things of God because they are spiritually discerned, they're spiritually understood. And if they are spiritually dead, there are some things they are just not going to get. No matter how hard you try to talk to them about it, it's they're not going to get it because they haven't got the Holy Spirit inside of them. There's a spiritual connection that unites true believers. Romans chapter eight, verse fourteen through sixteen, it talks about. We don't have time to go there, but and as a Christian, it matures, and it, you, you mature as a Christian, and it becomes easier to tell the difference between the truth. And a lie. That's why, that's why it's good to read your Bible. That'll help you understand the truth. The Holy Spirit will remind you of things. Somebody gets up and they preach something that's false, What that verse, it'll come to mind. You'll remember the Holy Spirit will help you retain those things. It'll help you bring them up. And you will be able to tell the difference. You don't have to be deceived. But then finally, watch for evidence of, lo- of love for God God's Word and God's people. We'll close with this. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Here in His love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and His love is perfected in us. A person who's saved, a person who's experienced the love of God will be able to show that love to other people. It's going to be evident in their life. It's going to be clear. Well, so I just—I don't have it. It's not in my life. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. It's just you don't, you don't know Him. And once again, the verse, verse we read, there will be many in that day, on judgment day, there will be many that say, Lord, Lord. They're, Lord, have we not prophesied in their name? They thought they were saved. They said they were saved. Just because somebody says they're saved, just because you say you're saved, it doesn't make you saved. There's going to be some evidence. God gave us something. He gave us his Holy Spirit. There's, he's given us evidence. He's showed us in his word how we can know that we're saved. And I'm telling you right now, if you're not 100% sure, I why well, come talk to me after the service or or somebody we can we can help you with that so you can know for sure that you're saved. And then if you know you're saved, make sure you make sure you're doing these things. Why? So you we want to be visible to people. There may be there's somebody else out there that's feeling alone. Maybe a coworker, maybe a friend, a neighbor. And you know what? Let them know. Let them know who you are. Maybe there's a lost person. They're looking for something that's real. They might see that light in your life, and who knows? They might go towards. But if you hide that light under a bushel, you try to cover it up, then they're they're walking in darkness. They're not going to know where to go. They're not going to know what to do. And so let's be that true believer. Let's be easy to spot. So let's all stand together.